0: Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team.
1: All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Select Star Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, another awesome guest today, we have Ben Lesh, who is the project lead at RxJS, which we will learn a little bit more about. So thanks for joining us, Ben.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And where are you calling in from? I know you mentioned you're from Michigan. Where are you? Where are you at now?
0: All right. So I'm originally from Michigan right now. I live in Austin, Texas.
1: Okay. So, Great yeah. city. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in the Denver area, and for some reason I was I haven't been to Austin in a while. But when I was there a couple of years ago, people love to draw parallels between Denver and Austin. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there
0: are some similarities. I I lived in Columbus, Ohio for a long time, and I think there's probably even more similarities there. They're both state capitals. They both have huge universities. Like, yeah. Um, but I don't know, Austin's Austin's. I mean, hopefully nobody's listening to this that's from Columbus. I love Columbus, but Austin's <laughs> a little little nicer than Columbus as far as like on the things to do meter. Anyway, there's the you know they have South by Southwest and right all that kind of stuff. So that's
1: fair. Thank you. If you've lived in both places, I think you have a right to say to say that (laughs) right. Awesome. Well, I'd love to um, get started by just learning a little bit about who you are, kind of your background journey into tech and um, what you're working on today.
0: Sure. Okay, Uh, well, let's see. Um, My journey into tech was not normal. I would say like I went to art school. Uh, okay. And I dropped out of <laughs> art school, so I went to art school for like three years in Ohio, in Columbus, at uh, Columbus College of Art and Design, and I went there for like illustration and fine arts. And I still, um, it's still a big passion of mine. It's still something I like a lot, uh, like fine arts and going to art museums and drawing and painting and all that stuff. Um, but it's not something I really wanted to do for a living, I guess, um, and. So I, I had some, I had a rough patch right after I left art school or, you know, I was pretty down and out. Like I didn't have anything to my name really. And then, um,
1: Quarter life crisis. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I, I, uh, found a job as like a graphic designer. And while I was there, I fixed a website for them. And one of the IT guys was like, Hey, did you know you can make a lot of money doing this? And I was like, really? and so I started studying it more and this is like 1998 or so and I got you know a part-time job doing some software development actually the first thing I did was javascript which is funny because most of a good chunk of my career after that was not in javascript and now it's back to that again but um and yeah I mean like I to get that first job I had to uh I had to basically call in to the company where I applied to work like I think three times a week for like four or five weeks wow. until they started recognizing my voice and asking me what they could do to get me to stop calling. <laughs> and I was like, just get me an interview. And if they don't like me, I won't call again, obviously like and they, they did. And, and I went to the interview and they asked me questions. I got maybe half of them. Right. And they asked me, so, you know, on paper you don't look qualified and you only answered about half of our questions. Right. Why do, why do you think it's so important that we hire you? And I was like, cause I'll work for $10 an hour. Right? Like I was like, I'll work for like barely above minimum wage because I just, all I want is the the recommendation for, you know, the next Cause it was a part-time like a uh, temporary job. Yeah. and I, I got it and they actually kept me for a while. And then I got the recommendation for their agreement. Like if I did a good job and
1: yeah after you that, gotta you, know, just, you gotta get in somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So after that, you just, you know, I did contracting and and whatever and then eventually uh over time i about i bet it was like 14 years into my career so i ended up at netflix and then um most of my history a lot of people know after that i worked at netflix i started working in rxjs and then worked at google and, and not working in financial tech but okay yeah so so it's a weird, it's a weird journey. And I obviously skipped some important bits in there, but
1: yeah, it's hard to summarize in, in just a couple of minutes. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said for a lot of your career, you were not in JavaScript and now you're back in it, obviously was there right. anything specifically that pulled you into RxJS? Was it more of just like circumstances with where you were at right timing, or was there something that like really interested you into getting into that space?
0: It's, it was mostly dumb luck and circumstances more than anything else. Like uh, it was, uh, I was at Netflix. I was one of the few front-end JavaScript engineers at Netflix that had a lot of open-source experience um, from like contributing to Angular and a few other things. Um, and I open-sourced a, an Ember-based component library for for Netflix, and so they tapped me to do this rewrite of RxJS. Um, based off of the uh, observable proposal that one of our company members had at the TC39 because he was a TC39 member at the time. So um, yeah, it was just purely uh, dumb luck. <laughs> really more than anything else.
1: I, I think a lot of good things come from that. It's okay to admit that. It's not like everything is pre-planned and I mean, right. very right. few people know <laughs> where their path is going to go. So, sure. um, you know, timing is like one of the most important things. So it makes sense. Um, and so, you know, comparing to when you were at Google and Netflix to what you're doing now, is there um, like, do you see pros and cons of being at like tech super giants versus kind of being in, as you said, financial space now, like um, are there parallels there? Is it a totally different world or. Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, the, I mean, where I'm at now is very, it's very Google-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, but I, I think a lot of companies are kind of going for the whole, like, we serve food and we have, you know, <laughs> these same sort of benefits and, um, you know, we have open vacation policies and all these things. I, I think that, so like the cultural the cultural thing isn't super different from company to company at a certain mm-hmm threshold or a certain level now um i would say certainly uh all the jobs i worked with after i left the midwest and went to silicon valley there's a stark difference there like Mm -hmm. you you go from like um you know a place where i would have been thrilled to get a free peanut butter and jelly sandwich Mm -hmm. that like any company i was at or even a free a free bag of crackers would have been like amazing (laughs) right but like I remember. I still remember the first or second week I was at Netflix. Someone was complaining about the quality of the salmon in the lunch, and I was just like, I was totally, I was totally yeah. taken yeah. back by that. Like, really? Like that's it's probably not worth complaining about. Yeah, it's free. Um, but yeah, it's very, very culturally different. Like you go from an environment where the salespeople are the rock stars of the company and like the, the tech people are like everyone above the salespeople are like, this is so annoying that these guys are so expensive and these are so expensive. And, and they're the, like, what do they even do except for block the things that we want to do with their complaints? Like, you know, you just like, you you can feel the contempt coming from like some of the project management and stuff at some of these companies that I work for, not all of them, but some of them. Um, yeah, it's
1: definitely old yeah. school
0: <laughs> yeah it's just it, it's different and I'm sure those companies still exist out there yeah uh, but I, I feel like a lot of them are starting to come around because uh, if you have a solid IT staff and you treat them properly the the benefits they yield if you're good enough at figuring out where numbers come from are pretty obvious so
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a funny point you make. I, I'm a big fan of the show, The Office, and um, I'm always like re-watching it. And I was thinking the other day about how they don't even, it, it's exactly what you said. It's like the sales, it's all about the sales team. They don't even really have an IT or technical team. And there was right. one, there was like one or two episodes where they tried to make them switch over to a website and it was a huge deal and everyone was so annoyed of having to make sales to the website. So all right. <laughs> it's kind of funny, like it's, it's pretty old school. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is. You're right. It is changing. Like I love that the flexible vacation and working hours is becoming such a common thing. Some people work better at night or whatever it may be. So Um, cool. Well, let's jump a little bit into RxJS. If you know, in case people listening aren't familiar with it, would love just like an overview on what it is, what it's used for um
0: sure um so rxjs is really written around this type called observable which is you know it's part of the tc39 proposal from years back that proposal is stalled by the way it's it's not dead but it's it's you know been frozen in carbonite or something like it's (laughs) it's it may as well be dead it's it's no one's championed it and it's just kind of sitting there but it's not been shot down um But basically, observable is this type that can encapsulate events over time. So if someone gives you an observable, you can subscribe to it, and it'll start giving you events. And you can unsubscribe from it; it'll stop giving you events. It also can tell you when it's done sending you events, or when it's had an error and it's no longer going to send you events. So it's this way to kind of encapsulate a set of events and. Because an event can be any value uh, expressed over any amount of time, like infinite amount of time, instant, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of things you can represent with that, right? And so um, you can kind of encapsulate pretty much anything you can think of in computer science in some sort of uh, this similarly shaped thing where everything's kind of the same shape. And the interesting thing about having a container like this observable that is, is where everything's the same shape or stored in the same container is you get this sort of category theory, set theory thing where you can, like anything like, so let's say you have a bushel basket. What sort of things can you put in a bushel basket? Well, honestly, anything that fits in a bushel basket, right? And so you can take a bushel basket of apples and transform it into a bushel basket of sliced apples with a knife, right? Or you can take a bushel basket of various ingredient, ingredients, including apples, and transform it into a bushel basket of pies, right? Like you can do these things and always say, always be dealing with bushel baskets. And uh, similarly with arrays or observables or these sorts of things, you have these operations you can do on them. And so like arrays can be mapped and filtered and reduced and people know those things because they deal with arrays a lot. Observables can have the exact same thing because they deal with values in kind of a linear fashion but they also have this element of time so there's additional things you can debounce you can delay you can buffer over a certain amount of time or whatever and still the outcome isn't observable of values just you know in a slightly different shape so uh these are all called operators and there's lots and lots of them because of this it could basically you can do anything you do with an array plus the element of time and those operators are the kind of the meat of what RxJS is is about, uh, built on top of observable. But they're interestingly they're kind of two separate concepts. Observable is like the type, and the operators are just like here's some transformations you can do with observables if you so choose. Um, and now the one thing I'm trying to get more people to realize is that observable type actually exists all over the place, and it should be standardized because if you look in libraries like spelt or Vue or xstate or MobX or or my gosh what else relay uh, graph like relays graphql like all of them have cooked to cooked from scratch this observable type in various shapes like they're just slightly different but it's all the same thing uh and maybe they're not using all the operators and stuff but they still have this observable type so we like I really, the biggest thing I want people to know about is the observable type. The rest of RxJS and all the operators and stuff I'm less concerned with. Like that's um, that's like the niceness that they get later when they understand the first thing. But the first thing is like, look, there's this observable thing. And if you ever need something that's cancelable, use that. If you ever need something that zero to zero or more values over time, use that. If you need something that's just one value and not cancelable, use a promise. That's fine. Like it's kind of the same concept that is very limited in its use right so there's you know there's there's uh that's what rts is about is the observable type and uh i kind of rambled a bit i'm sorry but the, the subservable type and the and all of these operators around it and um uh we're trying to in the near future actually split the library so it'll still be the core library but there'll be other um Other libraries alongside of it where you can just get the observable, let's say, and not have all the operators or whatever, if you want to use it so. um, That's what it's about.
1: Mm -hmm. No, that's that's helpful and I like using the metaphor, I think that's always um, always a good way to kind of paint the picture with with explaining things like this that might um, seem abstract or something at first and and so would you say there's certain use cases or projects where RxJS is a better choice over other options? Or like if someone's never tried it before, what would be a good time? Um... It's a
0: tricky, it's it's almost a tricky question because like, do I think observables belong in most projects? Observables, sure. Um, mm-hmm. Full blown RxJS with operators and everything. Um, maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, uh, you yeah, know, maybe people don't need to be merge mapping and concat mapping everything, but I can tell you that the use case coming up where someone wants some cancelable thing uh, that's asynchronous, that happens all the time. And this gives you like a uniform shape to deal with it. Or, you know, situations where someone's like, oh, well, I really want this streaming data over time, but I want to be able to subscribe and subscribe from it. And I need some abstraction around it. Like you want it in observable. That's that's what you want it. and. Um, it's kind of we're at that stage now where I think more and more people are starting to understand that, um, but they still keep cooking their own instead of using like a battle tested version of a thing and it's it's a, it's a little dangerous because it's kind of like people when they used to make their own promises back when promises weren't native in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, people used to have like there's all these promise libraries. And there would be, there's a set of people that are like, I'm gonna go use a promise library so I don't have to think about this. And then there's a set of people like, no oh man, I'm gonna roll the note, this is gonna be great. And they would get like the semantics wrong, mm-hmm. uh, or they'd make something that's kind of unsafe. Uh, so you know, I would say within someone's project, they probably do want to use observables in certain cases where they want cancellation or to deal with more than one value. Um, and full-blown RX less so like projects that are that are better for that are projects where you're, you're trying to coordinate a lot of different um streams of events together Rx is phenomenal for that if you use anything else but rx for that you're probably creating bugs if, if i'm honest like there's so much work that went into making sure that uh memory was torn down in certain cases and all these other things that are like race condition stuff that's very, very hard for people to reason about or catch mm-hmm. when they're just reading code um, that, you know, I would, I would say that RxJS is is very, very good for those things. Now, do you need it? Like if I want to click a button and I'm going to go fetch some data and display on the page? No, that's silly. Like just fetch the data and put it on the page. You probably didn't need like a bunch of operators around that. Um, right. So it it could make it easier in some cases you're dealing with debouncing or something like that, but
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, And would you say, is there, I'm sure the community is continuously growing, but, um, you know, if folks want to try to get involved or check it out, like, is there a big community anywhere specifically to kind of get involved or find resources or like a Discord channel or something like that? Um, Sure,
0: sure. Uh, There's a, there's a Gitter, a Gitter channel that I think that, is fairly active i i'm not on there very often um and the reason i'm not on there is i get a deluge of, of a little bit too much thrown at me when i'm on there and there's yeah, other people that are handling those things much better than than i've got time for so yeah um but yeah there that's a good place to get involved uh i've heard there's a discord uh, I've never checked that out. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good place to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there's also the, the actual GitHub repository where, yeah. you know, we've got, we've got people that do a lot of work for us and like the documentation and the sort, sort of thing. And like, honestly, that's where the brunt of the work is at this point. I mean, it's a utility library, so there's only really so many ways you can merge map and observable. Right. Right. So like it's, there's some evolution code evolution there i don't need a lot of i don't need a ton of help with that we've got a few other folks that work on that as well um so like the meat of the library doesn't need a ton of hands-on keys but like documentation and honestly uh people writing blog articles or doing videos about how to do certain things is more helpful than any amount of contributing to the actual repository and i think that a lot of people don't realize that because they they see like what I'm doing is like being the glory position or whatever. First of all, it's not, frankly, not that glorious. Um, it's unpaid volunteer work, uh, where people criticize you. A lot. Um, but like, you know, the, the, uh, helping other people understand things right. is, is the one of the best ways you can contribute to any open source project. To be honest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good reminder. I think, um, people like content, I mean, documentation can always be improved, um, with like any type of product or service or anything, but, um, yeah, like that's something we've realized. Even our team has been focusing so much on content creation because the goal is that, you know, we have a community Slack channel where folks can pop their questions in, but the goal is that they can find that answer somewhere without like our team having to drop what they're doing to answer that. So it's really right. cool when you see like the community answering each other's questions and referring them to different links and stuff. And it just starts to build to build from there. So um, it's probably pretty cool to see like, you know, projects like this, just kind of people wanting to get involved and continuously growing. And even if it is a lot of grunt work, um, I'm sure you enjoy yeah. it if you've stuck with it this long.
0: <laughs> right, right. And like, honestly, I think a lot of the growth around RxJS comes from um, all of the people that write blog articles and you know tweet about it and you know answer yeah. questions on Stack Overflow and that sort of thing. Like that's that's what. I mean, if you're going to go use some technology and you can't find anything about it anywhere, like you're probably going to move on and try something else. that and that's, yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel good to adopt something as a software engineer and be like, I think this might be abandoned. like that's it's <laughs> not really. It's not really great so uh those those people are really what make the library successful and it's really less you know folks like me that are contributing code to it in my opinion but
1: yeah yeah that's um that's one of the really cool things about the open source community so um that's awesome and and yeah just jumping into um like i i, I always like to ask folks i chat with you know if people listening were or are in your shoes where you were like five or 10 years ago or something or trying to get to a similar space that you are um do you like throughout your career have there been any pieces of advice that have stuck with you whether good or bad or like decisions you've made that you wish you did differently or just like if you could go back and give your younger self any advice I think everyone has you know different insights and different way of putting things and it's cool to hear like what's kind of stuck with you and helped you along the way.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like I never got, I didn't get like a ton of advice really from people. Uh, there are some things I changed about what I was doing that um, made a big difference in my career. I think where like, um, I don't know, there's one, the one thing is being open-minded about other tech. When it, which is a big thing. So there, I was like a .NET developer for a long time and I worked in Microsoft technologies and, you know, I I didn't come from money. Like I didn't have a lot of money to my own name. I didn't know a lot of people that had a lot of money. And I looked at MacBooks, like who the hell can afford to buy one of these things? Yeah. Like, and why, like these people are stupid with money. That's what I literally, I, every single person I saw that owned a MacBook, I was like, they just paid triple for a computer that's like half the power of what they could have bought for whatever because at the time that's kind of how it was
1: yeah it was like, that with like the iphones too and and all that
0: <laughs> right like but i was that way about a, a lot of things like and, yeah. and um one of the things was like a lot of people back then were like javascript is a toy language uh there was no such thing as a javascript engineer that was just a weird unheard of thing <laughs> um so uh somewhere and i don't know why i decided i I would do this but i was just like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna just try if someone's like here's if i go if i start working and someone's like here's a macbook i'll be like whatever i'll use it i'm not going to complain about it or whatever if if someone says hey we need someone to do this javascript thing go ahead and do it and you know some of these things like i tried xsl xslt and XML transforms that was a whole that like it's still a thing. Actually, I used XPath the other day. Anyways, like, <laughs> like it's it's like it's still a thing, but it's like it never really took off. Right. Uh and I started doing JavaScript development back when everyone else was refusing to do it where I worked. Like everyone else was like, I'm not touching that stuff. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'll do it. And you know, it turned it, it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, so keeping an open mind is really important. And then the other bit of advice, advice I would have for people that want to see their career grow mm-hmm. is to actively help other people on the internet and in the community, like get your name out there repeatedly mm-hmm. doing nice things and helping other people and sharing your knowledge. Like there's a, there's a mindset some people think like, oh, I'm smart and I know all these tricks. And if I share them with other people, then I'm not gonna be as bad. Like there's people that think this way. I used to think that way a little bit when I was younger. And the truth of the matter is, If you share your knowledge with other people, you become more valuable, not less valuable. Like you're much more valuable as someone that makes everyone around them better.
1: Right.
0: Not to mention you make yourself better. Like when you're trying to teach other people, you have to know stuff even better than you knew it before. Mm -hmm. um, Than you ever would be as like this lone wolf coder that happens to know how to do everything. That's not super valuable for a company. That's like, oh yeah, you know Ben can go and knock things out, but like other than that, like. You know, it's like, I wish I wish I had 10 bins. And then if you ask that person like, well, you know, what would you pay if you found somebody that was like him that can make everyone else like him? They're gonna be like, I'm paying a lot more, right? Yeah. That's, because it's so, so much more valuable. So helping other people is a big deal. Um, Netflix discovered me because I was answering a lot of stack overflow questions oh. about Angular back in the day when there wasn't a lot of documentation about it. Um, mm-hmm so that's how I got my job there even though I didn't work on any other stuff when I got there um you know being involved in open source got me to work on rsgs right like um you know going out and doing things like speaking at meetups and other things got me invited to go speak at larger events which gets you noticed by people and then you you know it's it's variously it it ends up being like Feathers in your cap in a variety of ways, helping other people. To where you know, not to mention you do all this networking, and a lot of the a lot of the jobs that that you get later in your career come from that sort of networking and people having a positive opinion of you. So like, mm-hmm. people that are sitting at home right now, like scared to get up and do a talk, uh, write a blog, right? Like, get started. Yeah. <laughs> if you're scared to write a blog? Stop it. Like, just do it. Like, it doesn't even matter. It's like if people are like, oh, well someone's already written about this. Yeah, well, so what? Like they haven't written about it like you've written about it. Have you ever been to a library? It's tons and tons of books about the same exact thing. Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It didn't stop those other authors. And it's right. about what speaks to the person reading it. So like, I don't know, just get, people need to get out there and help other people um, learn things and share their knowledge. And sharing your knowledge will make you smarter and will make you more valuable. It will never make you less valuable.
1: Mm -hmm. right so I I, I hear that same story over and over about similar to what you're saying with stack overflow like people that are sharing their knowledge and not really expecting anything like you can't do it just because you're expecting a certain outcome but as you said having an open mind and then maybe someone will approach you about some opportunity even if it's five years down the line they'll be like oh I saw this blog series you did that's really cool like you I think yeah you just have to get your name out there get involved
0: well people need to you know, people need to make sure that they're, that they're getting credit for what they're doing too, right? right? Like if, if you're teaching other people stuff at work, you need to make sure your management knows and sees that you're doing that. Other people see you're doing. Like, don't like that might, some people that might seem like, well, that's kind of crass to be like, oh, look at me. I'm look how helpful I am. And it's like, no, dude, like you, you're getting paid to be here, do a job. If you're doing something above and beyond, you need to tell people above you that you're doing it that's not you bragging. That's like, that's you trying to ensure your, you know, your career or your financial future and, and grow yourself a little bit. So, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine with putting your name on something and um, having some bragging rights, as long as you're, you're helping other people. And, and you, that first point you made too, is so true about um, some people being afraid that if they like let you know release all these secrets that they're less valuable i think i've heard someone call that like manager syndrome before where people when they're training someone right under them like don't want to show them how to do all of their tasks because then they're worried that they'll be you know not necessary anymore and it's like that's not how it works if you can elevate those people then that elevates you and takes more time off right. your plate and i think it works the same with knowledge sharing um right. so that's a that's a good point to remember i mean
0: you want to make time for personal growth too like you don't want right. to spend all of your time just You know, vomiting all your information other people are not (laughs) attaining new information but um, but yeah totally like there's there's no reason not to you know not to engage and and help others
1: right yeah it's all about balance (laughs) Um, cool so are there are there any other I mean obviously rxjs is um, on the forefront right now but are there any other sorts of like technologies or tools or frameworks or anything that you're really excited about right now or like wanting to learn this year or seeing um, that's coming yeah, out? Yeah,
0: there's tons of stuff, there's tons of stuff. Like there's, there's been so much headway made in the, um, in the, both, in two spaces really, like in monorepositories. So you've got like NX and Turbo repo and these sorts of uh, things that are getting more and more interesting. And then also in the, you know, server side rendering um static rendering space with things like Next.js, yes, which you know that's been around for a while but mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's really kind of in an upswing uh and uh, remix is really interesting um so there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool stuff around that uh nx in particular i've been playing with nx recently and um i'm super impressed with a lot of the the smart things that it can do that are very practical in real world for like various use uh, cases like you can take your repository and be like okay so these packages in my repository th- these two here are only visible to these two here and you know so if anybody else tries to import this thing they're going to get errors to at build time like they're not they shouldn't be doing that and there's some really there's some really smart and interesting and nice things about that and it's very it's got a lot of uh like a plug-in architecture where you can be like nah, i don't want to use Babel, i want to use you know swc or whatever and it just plugs in and goes and um those things like that uh the stuff like that this sort of tooling is super duper interesting to me because i think that um the world has been evolving in that space but also suffering simultaneously <laughs> for anyone that has to maintain like their webpack and babble right. updates and whatever mm-hmm. it's just a nightmare so um yeah that's that sort of stuff is very exciting to me and you know server side rendering stuff is very exciting to me as well
1: yeah I know a lot of times when I ask people that question, they get overwhelmed because they're like, well, there's stuff every single day coming out. Like, yeah, How do I yeah, know there's so much. It's on? And there's no way to, you know, there's can't jump right. on the bandwagon for everything. So <laughs> um, very cool. Well, this has been really interesting for me. I didn't know much about RxJS before and um, was really excited to get to connect with hey, you. I, I
0: didn't either when I first heard about it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 that, that just goes to show. Um, you know, how necessary, I guess I, you would say that it is, um, even if you don't know about it, it seems like right when you found out about it, you wanted to get involved. So clearly you guys are doing something right.
0: <laughs> something we're try- trying to, <laughs> most of it, honestly, has been total. just like very, very lucky to have the community of the people that, mm-hmm. um, are excited about it and have been contributing content and things like that and spreading word.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's all about the community these days. And um, are, are right. you going to be speaking at any conferences or anything coming up? Um, uh, let's
0: see. I just spoke at Render ATL uh, oh, yeah. in one. September. There's there's a conference in Croatia called InfoBIP that I'll be okay. speaking at.
1: Um, oh. Not a so bad place there's... to travel for speaking engagement,
0: <laughs> right? Well, actually, Render ATL was the first place I've been in like three years almost because okay. of the pandemic. So yeah. Um, I'm very, I'm very thankful that remote conferences are no longer a thing, because it's so nice to actually see uh, people that, uh, the JavaScript community, I don't know if you knew this or not, like the speaking, the speaking engagements, um, it's actually a very small community. <laughs> like you, you end up seeing the same group of, yeah. you know, with like three or 400 people, like in three or 400 people is a lot of people, but like, yeah. you know, it's like a small Facebook, <laughs> right? Like you're, you yeah. see the same people enough, and you know who they are, and you get to hang out with them. It was really good to see a lot of people again at uh, oh. at Render, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some more of that. Yeah, because are so a lot of really interesting like, conversations amongst these uh, creators at, at those conferences. So. Yeah,
1: I definitely have that one on my list um, for next year. You know, now that we're starting to get back into the in-person game as well. I saw like, I feel like every single person I follow on Twitter was posting about Render this year, so.
0: Yeah, it was, it, it's it's a good time. It's, it's very different. It's very different from other tech conferences and it's a
1: lot of fun. Cool, that's awesome. Um, great, well, this has been, it's been really great to chat with you. Really appreciate your time. Um, I'll be sure to link to your Twitter and any other resources in the show notes if folks wanna connect with Ben and, um, definitely encourage anyone listening to check out rxjs it sounds super exciting and um yeah appreciate your time ben looking forward to keeping in touch and seeing what you do next
0: yeah thanks margo and and just so people here know anybody that dms me with a question i do try to get to everybody like sometimes it takes me quite some time to see the message because there's like a spam folder and then there's <laughs> a spam spam folder and okay. and and Twitter and like the ones that the unfortunate souls that fall into that second tier, sometimes I don't see them. But but yeah, if, if anyone ever has uh, something that they need to know, I try to help people. If it's a how do I do this in RXJS question though, I would say you stack overflow, you'll get an answer a lot faster than you will for me, but I will try. So um, so yeah, just just so people are aware
1: okay cool no it's it's good for you to point that out because sometimes I wasn't sure if you were going to say the opposite I've had some people that are like I get way too many don't dm me so
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> I've, I, I get out. I've gotten creepy dms and everything but yeah. <laughs>
1: um
0: but yeah like I, I I won't respond to creepy dms but I do respond
1: okay.
0: <laughs> to the to people who legitimately just have a question or like want to chat about something or whatever
1: yeah right. <laughs> awesome well that sounds good um thanks again and to keeping in
0: touch. Thanks for listening to Select Star, your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn
1: more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.